This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. Down here at the Battle for Atlantis, North Carolina losers to Michigan today. And after an overtime win, Gonzaga moves on to the finals against the Wolverines. Oregon, North Carolina at 1130 tomorrow. I'm with Greg Barnes out here in a crowded Iowa State and Gonzaga Field hallway just outside the arena here in the Atlantis. Greg, Carolina, that first 10 minutes of that second half really told the story. Is Making shots has been a problem for Carolina uh, that 10 minutes highlighted it right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, North Carolina scored two points in the first eight minutes of the second half, four in the first 10 minutes. That is just unheard of for Roy Williams' team. I believe they missed 13 of their first 14. Uh, but even going back you know, to start the game, they came out doing what they needed to do. They, they took a 16-7 lead. They made seven of their first 11 shots. They had an 8-0 rebounding edge. If they maintain that for the course of the game, the way they were playing defense, they win this game handily. Of course, that did not happen. Uh, Michigan started using their ball screen game. That allowed that offense to find some rhythm, and North Carolina all of a sudden reverted back to what they've done all season long, which, as you said, is not making shots. Uh, And credit Michigan, they did a much better job on the boards. We can get more into that in a second. Uh, But... Because North Carolina could not make shots, they struggled to defend, and they couldn't control the glass. That's how Michigan goes up 24 and, and really coasts to victory, even though UNC did try to make a late rally. I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Armando Baycott really had a good game yesterday. Today against the old wily veteran John Teshi or, or Teske, uh, you know, the size was evident. It was a problem for Armando, and then he didn't play much in the second half. and. Roy Williams' response to the question is, I'm the coach, I decide who plays. I thought that was really the tale of the ball game. Carolina, while Garrison Brooks did okay against Michigan's size, Carolina really struggled across the board with it. Right, I think Juwan Howard said it best, and I think this is kind of a blueprint for good teams moving forward against UNC, is that he said they tried to clog the lane. And if you look, Cole Anthony only had a couple shots at the rim, and you know, a couple of them were contested. And... Armando, I think, was 3 of 10 shooting. He didn't have any easy opportunities. He had to work for his points. And that's a good learning experience for him, for sure, because you're not going to see many guys like Teske even at the next level. Uh, But North Carolina has got to do a better job of finding ways to score. Uh, They they did all right in terms of turning turnovers into points. Uh, They were successful in that regard. But they were unable to get a significant advantage in second chance points, even though they did have an edge there. Uh, but that's that's what you do, I think, defensively as an opponent. You, you put a lot of bodies down low, you utilize your size, you make it very difficult for Garrison Brooks and Baycott to score, and then you're left with you know, who else around this North Carolina roster is going to be able to score consistently from the perimeter other than Cole Anthony. Uh, we're still seeking that answer right now, as is Roy Williams. Yeah, and it was evident that Michigan was going to give North Carolina the foul line jumper. 
and Carolina just couldn't convert. That has been a staple for uh, Tar Heel teams for a long, long time, and it's loud because the winning team, Gonzaga, is making their way to the press conference. Uh, but, you, you know, if Carolina can't make that shot, Greg, like you said, there's just not much offense that this team can generate. No, and I think when you, when you understand the perimeter issues that this team is going to have, I mean, even Cole Anthony is not a guy like Kobe White who can light it up night in and night out. And if he's having to take 17 shots a game and he's not shooting better than 50%, I mean, he's, he's pretty much a volume scorer at this point in time. Uh, and if he, you know, he finally kind of turned it on there in the second half, trying to will this team to victory. But this team they played today is better than Notre Dame. And I understand that he had to score, what, 34 against them to really rally North Carolina to a victory. Playing Oregon tomorrow, Oregon's every bit as good as Michigan, if not better, uh, even though they are missing their, their big guy. And Ohio State next week, same. Gonzaga in a couple weeks, same. ACC play, a lot of teams are like that. So North Carolina has got to figure out a way to score. And one thing we talked to Roy about after the game, it's not like they were getting a lot of bad shots. They had some pretty good looks. They just couldn't make them. And so unless somebody steps up and consistently is able to knock down some shots, this team will continue to struggle to score. And if that happens, you've got to play better defense than what they did tonight. Indeed. Let's take a second to talk about Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Real quick on Franklin Street and online, uh, all your Carolina needs, all your gear that you could possibly want at Johnny T-Shirt. Get that 10% off that everyday order if you are an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. Greg, let's talk a little bit about Cole Anthony. Uh, you know, post-game, he was matter-of-fact. We got a game tomorrow. There, there's no discussing this one. There's no uh, mourning this one. They've got to get locked in tomorrow. I thought he looked better against – uh, Michigan than he did earlier against Alabama. Uh, but Oregon's going to have be another team that's got the length that will be able to frustrate him. They've got several guys on that wing area that can guard all you know, four of the five positions. He's going to have a rough go of it again tomorrow. And, and fans remember Oregon from the 2017 Final Four. That's a game they could have won very easily um, and cut short Carolina's championship run. I don't see much different from that team than this team, at least how they play and how good they are. Yeah, very long, very athletic. Uh, they got some good scores. And so it's going to be a challenge. And I, I hate to belabor this point, but when teams are really trying to turn Cole Anthony into a volume scorer where he's having to take so many shots, that's not what Roy Williams wants him to do. We, we talked in the preseason, Kobe White is a guy who was a scorer. That's what he did. Cole Anthony's really kind of your ideal floor general, but he's got to have help. And so if it's a situation where Cole's having to get all of your points, uh, that's not what he does best. That's not how he can best help the team. And I really think it's a matter of, as Roy said a couple times, this team has to be tough. And there's toughness involved with being physical down low, which I think was part of the issue with Baycott. He's got to be stronger with the ball. He's got to be stronger banging. He's got to be stronger fighting for rebounds. Uh, But it's also a matter you have to be tough in, in terms of being able to knock down shots. There was a couple open looks that UNC had, and as Roy said, uh, it's easy to take shots. It's difficult to make them. You've got to be tough to make them. We know Cole is tough. There's no doubt about that, but he can't be the only one. And so his teammates have to really come around, elevate their game. They don't have to be elite, but they have to be able to provide enough so he can do what he does best because if all he's going to do is try to be uh, you know, a Kobe White 
Trey Young kind of guy who goes out and he's the only scoring option. That's not what he does best. That's not what North Carolina needs to be good. And it really kind of lessens what this team potentially could be. Let's talk a little bit about guys that can step up. I thought, you know, yesterday I thought Leaky Black played really well. Today he was virtually non-existent, invisible really. Uh, Brandon Robinson didn't do a whole lot today. I mean, where do you see it coming from on any kind of consistent basis? Because, you know, Justin Pierce has been good. He did not look very good today, at least from courtside. Um, you know, Christian Keeling, another situation. I mean, some, one of those four has got to be that secondary scorer. Um, you know, I, I'm not seeing it against the top flight competition, and, and tomorrow will be another test at it. Right. I think the point of that, Tommy, is if North Carolina is having to play in this half-court set time and time again, you're limited. I mean, it's really going to be Cole trying to go ISO, um, which is what we saw a couple times today. That's not what you want. So I think for this team to be able to score effectively, they've got to do two things, the kind of staples of Roy Williams. You have to dominate the boards and really control – uh, that second-chance points category. They did that today, not to the extent that they needed to. They've been very good with that all season long. They've got to get back to that. Uh, but more importantly, they've got to be able to force tempo. I mean, this team has not broken 80 points through six games now. First time that's happened since the 1982-83 season. In a long, long time. That's not what Roy Williams wants. So they've got to be able to continue to force turnovers, but really use that to allow them to get out in transition. Because if you're talking about Brandon Robinson and Leaky Black trying to score in transition like we saw against Alabama, they can do that. It's when you're trying to get them to score in half-court sets where it gets to be so difficult. And so they've got to run better and they've got to do a better, better job on the glass. This team is not going to win a lot of games against elite competition out of their half-court sets. Let's talk about the defense briefly. I thought uh, the pick and rolls really worked on – Carolina's defense and they have struggled with that over the years they struggled with that this year uh, you know Brandon Robinson said it's a team thing Cole said it's a you know an issue when they're constantly running off screens and one guy gets out of position I mean Roy Williams talks about how he's got to coach it better they've got to execute it better at some point and everybody it's got to be all five guys it does and once you, once you kind of get out of position and you have to resort to help defense, now everybody's chasing. And that's when you know, Michigan had a number of possessions where they were just firing the ball around the perimeter to get somebody an open look. And that's this high-quality offense, but that's also a sign that North Carolina got out of position at some time. As you said, it's been something we talked about for a long, long time. But with this team's offensive woes, they have got to be better defensively than a lot of the teams before them. We always talk about Roy's best teams get better as the year goes on. That's certainly true. This team will as well defensively. But they need to be good now until these offensive issues have kind of worked themselves out, if they in fact do. Uh, but, I, but I found it interesting. North Carolina really struggled in terms of hedging. Uh, Roy Williams did some flat hedging. He did some hard hedging. What did Michigan do on the other end, though? Teske, because they understand that he's not a guy – that can really hedge far because he's so big, but also because UNC doesn't have a lot of three-point shooters. When North Carolina went to their ball screen and tried to do pick and roll, he just dropped back into the paint. And so you're basically saying, look, we're going to take away the drive, make a shot on us. Uh, and North Carolina, depending on who they play, they may have to resort to that. The mission, of course, is such a good three-point shooting team. That was not an option today. 
Let's look at Oregon a little bit. We talked about them briefly. I, I just watched a fantastic game between Gonzaga and Oregon. Way down, they come all the way back just like they did against Seton Hall. Actually had shot to win it at the end, and it goes into overtime and they fall. I mean, they've got a great guard that's going to be able to get to the uh, rim at, at will. They've got bigs that can finish. It seems like it's rinse and repeat for this North Carolina team out here in Atlantis. Well, I think it's great for Baycott especially. Uh, goes against a, a really big, just massive guy in Teske today. You know, I have some more athletic options to go against tomorrow. Uh, but I think really the key for him is, is again, is being physical, is, is, is being strong with the ball and utilizing his skill set because he can score. And North Carolina has to do a better job of scoring in the paint. They were effective with that early. Uh, against Michigan, they were able to pound the ball inside the Baycott and Brooks for some baskets. They got away from that a little bit. So you have to stick with that, and you're not going to be able to play with some of these teams uh, being fancy, being unique. You've got to do what you can do at this point in time, which is pound the ball down low, try to get out in transition, and let Cole operate the way that he can operate best. If that's not good enough, so it is. But you have to be able to get into that rhythm of playing that way so that as we get further into the season, everybody will kind of understand their roles and they'll be able to be more efficient, more productive. Yeah, these type games are certainly learning experience. So I asked Roy Williams, is it games like this that show Baycott and Cole especially that it's not you're not in high school anymore? And I think Baycott learned a lesson today. I think Cole Anthony's learned a lesson the last couple games. It'll be interesting to see how they come out tomorrow. It's a quick turnaround, 1130. You know, you, you leave the building tonight, you go get some rest, get a, get some good sleep, and then you come back right away at 11.30 in the morning. Carolina and Oregon tip it off here in the Battle for Atlantis third place game ahead of Michigan and Gonzaga in the championship game at 2 o'clock. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. You've been listening to the Rowdy Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. I hope you enjoyed the crowd. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Greg, as always, it's been fun. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.